specializing in vintage arcade Long games. Pixels has all of the dedicated classics and retro. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. And Seltzers. Coming up on May 6th, Pixel will be celebrating with Paradox Comics and Cards as they turn 30. In honor of special guest Chris Claremont, we will be offering a variety of X-Men games to play and have a one-token challenge on our retro X-Men beat-em-up. Pixel's Arcade and Beer Hall, located at 1100 NP Avenue in Fargo, where you can play classic games at classic prices. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Listen to that song, you know what that means. It is Attitude Era Monday Live Time here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have a big show as always tonight. And with me are, as always, my great buddies. We have Granny Hawkster coming from Arkansas. How are you? I'm fine, Icon. Thank you. And I think we have Matthias with us as well. Yeah, I am here live in studio with you. All right, and then we all had busy weekends, so uh, we'll go ahead and talk about that in a second after we talk about what guests that we have on this week, and it's going to be a big show as always. First guest on the shoot will be Tara J, and uh, she's a, not only is she a cowgirl, but she's also a horse whisperer, and she can talk to animals, she can talk to dogs, she can talk to cats, she can talk to horses, and she can find, tell us what your animals are thinking. And she wrote a book about that, so we're going to talk about that. We have Steve Ross. He's a MMA legend and a Hall of Famer in the MMA. And we're going to find out if his hands are registered as lethal weapons. And we have the band members from Scorned on tonight. And they are from Granny's Neck of the Woods. They are calling us from Arkansas tonight. And we're going to have a little fun with there because uh, Granny might know the city that they're calling from, and we'll see about that. We'll talk about them. And also the lead singer, Jay Dot, he's also a wrestling promoter. And, uh, Matthias, we're going to try and get you a, a spot on one of his wrestling shows. Excellent. Let's do it. All right. So, first off, Granny, what happened to you this weekend? Anything interesting? Uh, pretty quiet weekend. Uh, had a nice Easter dinner with some friends. We went and got Anthony for the day, and he came and had lunch with our with us at our friend's house. And not a whole lot going on this weekend. I mean, I was just I. It was kind of nice just to have a peaceful weekend for once. And uh, Matthias, what uh, did you you had an event this weekend? I believe did you not? 
Yeah, I was at uh, EWI Reprisal 11 at the Astoria Hotel in Dickinson, North Dakota on Saturday. I wrestled uh, Nick the Natural Nelson for the EWI Epic Championship. And then upcoming next weekend, I will be in a tag team match for the tag team titles uh, at a Phoenix Pro Wrestling out in Wisconsin. So what happened in the event? Were you victorious or did you get cheated? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, I was on my way to victory. Um, I was getting Nick the Natural Nelson up on my shoulders, and I had him in my sig- signature hold, about to throw him down with my double-handed sit-out choke slam. He then decided to give me an elbow to the jaw, and we ran into the referee, which temporarily knocked him out. And then I was, I was being so kind uh, to try to collect the referee Nick hit me from behind, and I ended up hitting him with one of my other signature moves, my discus lariat. And he went down, and I was pinning him. The ref wasn't around, so I went to pick him back up. And at that time, Nick grabbed the title, threw it in my hands, and fell to the ground, which then the ref assumed that I hit him with the title belt, and he disqualified me. So you got cheated. Absolutely. I got cheated out of the EW Epic Championship. But then the crowd demanded a rematch, so I'm hoping that Mercer Sage King Sage has a little bit of ounce of smartness in his brain to rebook that match between Nick and I, and this time it'll be no holds barred. And what was your manager in all of this? Well, my manager, Sylvester J. Fox, he tends to stick around the Fargo area. He does not go around any other promotions with me. Below Zero Wrestling is our mainstay uh, together for the Slides guys. And since everyone else is out in different states working at the moment, we, uh, we will not be working with each other for a little bit until May 21st when Slides guys in Fargo at the Sanctuary Event Center take on NDS for the Below Zero Tag Team Championships, which the Slides guys will win and will be holding tag team gold in the company. Well, you know, I am disappointed that you were not victorious. We know what happened. It's it's a travesty. I don't, you know, I don't agree with everything that you and your manager do. However, when you do go, when you do go for a title, you know, I do want you to be victorious and bring that title home to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday audience. Soon enough, I'll have it. I've, I've, I've still got my APW World Heavyweight Championship, and soon I'll be adding another heavyweight championship. To my repertoire. All right. And I got a lot of uh, other cool things uh, on the horizon. I'm just going to tell everybody briefly what happened to me this weekend. You know, Easter was Sunday, obviously, and uh, me and my lovely bride were on our way to Easter dinner. And we were on Interstate 29, and all of a sudden this warning came up on my dashboard, PSI, tire, 30. 29, 28, 27, 26. But all, I'm like, what is going on? This has got to be a joke, right? And next thing I heard, bop, 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 bop. and uh, we were stuck on I-29 by mile marker 83 with a flat tire. Oh, no. And how many people do you think stopped to help out? Nobody. Nobody. Exactly. exactly. Apparently, I must look like the most dangerous guy in the world. It would have been nice to get some help. However, I was lucky enough to have OnStar in my vehicle, hit the button. They sent out a uh, tow truck. He put on the, the spare, and I was on my way. There's only one problem with that. I have a lot of stuff in my back 
hatch where the spare is, so I had to take everything out of the back hatch to get to the tire and put everything in the back seat. So now I have stuff in the back seat. I have stuff in the trunk. I, I, it, my car is a mess because I have yeah. all this stuff. But I'm slowly getting through that. Hopefully it won't cost that much to, re, uh, to repair the tire, but we'll see what happens when I get it back from the repair shop. Now I dropped it off before the show tonight. Anyway, so we're just waiting here. we got about five, six, seven minutes before our first guest calls in. We had a big uh, show last week. It was our seventh anniversary, and we're moving into our eighth year starting today. And I got a lot of uh, email feedback from uh, the show, and maybe later on we'll, uh, I'll ask some of those email questions. Uh, uh, they sent some email questions to Granny, I'll ask, and they sent some to Matthias, I'll ask, and they sent some to me. But the one thing that really got me was a question that we have a little time here to discuss before our guest calls in. There was an email question to Granny, and Granny says, Granny, I thought you didn't like the heels. So oh, how no. do you like yeah, so they, they said, Granny, I think you didn't like heels, so how do you like the icon was the question. I didn't know I was a heel. Well, I guess everybody can be a little heelish at times. I mean, you know, but I don't know. I mean, you've never done anything to wrong me, Icon, so, you know, I don't. I guess I don't consider Icon a heel, whoever asked that question, so, you know. Well, I do, I do appreciate that. And, I mean, Matthias, you've been in the ring with many good guys, many bad guys, baby faces, heels, whatnot. I don't uh, think I'm a heel. You don't think I'm a heel, do you? Well, you know, sometimes you choose words that turn out to be heelish. You know, you can never you can never be too careful with how you say things. So sometimes when you try to... When you try to put yourself over by trying to get jobs, that can be taken off as heelish because then people may think that you're thinking only of yourself when they don't know your true intention. So that could come off as heelish. But you never know. It's, it's always how you put your words and how you say your words and how your emotions uh, peel off into somebody else's subconscious. You know, another interesting thing about that, too, though, is when it comes to being a heel, most people are heels all the time, and I just don't consider myself to be that kind of guy. Now, you know, you mentioned I like to put myself over. That's true, I do. That's what I do here on the show, but when I put myself over, what else do I do? That's what I'm saying. The, the way sometimes if you don't or you do, it's always how people take it. And I, when I put myself over, I also help try and get you over as well, right? Absolutely. Awesome. We got we got a big show, so I'm I'm just waiting for our first guest to call in. Uh, have you guys ever heard of anybody that can talk to an animal? No, no. I mean, maybe a few of my ex girlfriends, but other than that. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I guess I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know where to go with it. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I just made that up. Well, okay, that's cool. So, anyway, so you uh, you are going to get a uh, rematch for the uh, title that you were messed out of. Do we know how long down the line that will be? 
Well, you know, I the fans demanded it. I demanded it. So hopefully Mercer Sage gets it in his mind to put us back in uh, one-on-one in May 20th, I believe, will be our next opportunity, and that will be in South Dakota. So I'm hoping Mercer decides to put that into to context. And if he decides to give me another appetizer of the Elite Wrestling Initiative or puts me in some bogus match or whatever the case may be, I will have to maybe take a microphone and cut myself a little pipe bomb and uh, do what a CM Punk did. It. I might have to just call him out on a lot of stuff, you know, to, to get what, I, what I've earned and what I deserve. Because as I'll explain, I went through 12 other people through broken glass, barbed wire, thumbtacks, bricks, boards, all that kind of stuff. I went through all that in the Royal Purge just to get a shot, just to be screwed out of it in that within 10 seconds. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure Matthias is well known to Mercer Sage. And if he doesn't give me what I want, well, you know, I can destroy a company just as fast as I can put it over. And basically, I you know I think that he uh, he uh, picked the wrong guy to mess with on this. I'm thinking, uh, so you know, let's just uh, let's just hope that you do become out you do come out victorious. And uh, I you know we'll all be pulling for you here, and hope. Uh, and I'm guessing that since you're, it's going to be in South Dakota, I'm guessing that uh, uh, Sly will not be with you on that one either. Nope, and here's the thing. I, when I go against, when I, when the Elite Wrestling Initiative comes, the competition is so weak, I don't even need a manager. I can destroy each and every person, and when they know I'm going to beat them, that's when they got to pull out those tactics, a.k.a. that's when he pulled the Eddie Guerrero spot, God rest his soul. So I'll just give that a fair warning. When all the rules are out the rule book, there will be blood. Well, let's just hope that it uh, turns out in your favor this time, and I know that you'll keep us posted uh, when you do, uh, when that match does uh, come to fruition. Absolutely. Anyway, Granny, have you got any wrestling stuff going on that you're doing? Uh, well, let's see. Um, April 29th, I'm possibly going to be going to a show over in Claremore, Oklahoma, and then April 30th, Diamond State Wrestling is going to be having a show in Springdale. And then May 6th in Tulsa, it's going to be Wrestling for a Cause. It's going to be Fandetta, where the fans get to choose the type of matches that take place that night. Well, that could uh, that could definitely be interesting. Uh, we've seen what happens when the WWE do that. <laughs> And you'll have to keep us posted on that. So we're just waiting for our first guest to call in. She just sent me a message saying that um, she's calling in soon. So uh, once she calls in, we'll take a quick little commercial break. We will come in. We will come back. And we will have a little fun with this. I've been ta- uh, talking with Terry J for a while. And she's got a couple, like I said, she's got a couple of good, uh, cool books that she's going to be talking to us about. And I just... We're going to kind of do like a deep dive to figure out exactly what you have to do to be able to communicate with an animal. So, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, there she is. So we're going to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages from one of our sponsors. And stick with us, and then we'll be back. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange 
is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And Woodspring Suites of Fargo is a great hotel to stay at. I know I used to work there, so it is a great place. So if you're looking for a home away from home, Woodspring Suites of Fargo is the place to go. So, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, she's going to tell us everything there is to know about talking with animals. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the cowgirl herself, the horse whisperer. She is Tara J. Hey, this is Terry J. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 KENS-FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Terry? Nice to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, it's it's uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Here's how we'll do this. I'm gonna ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and ask you the tougher questions. And our station owner may come down and ask a few questions on how to uh, communicate with his cat. But we'll talk about that a little later. But what we're gonna do here first is, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then I'll ask you a few questions. And we'll have some fun. Go 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 ahead. Okay, that sounds like fun. Um, I'm a really down-to-earth Nevada cowgirl, and so um, what happened to me in 1990 was just bizarre. I was doing a horseback therapy program with disabled kids, and I picked a kid up out of his wheelchair and put him on the back of one of my horses, and he said, ouch, I have a cramp in my hip. And I said, you have a cramp? Well, here, sit this way. It'll take the cramp out. And he said, hey, you can hear me. Well, I looked at him and I said, of course I can hear you. It didn't dawn on me at the time that he was completely nonverbal. So we finished our riding therapy, and I took him off the horse and put him in his wheelchair, and he went back to class. And the gal that was helping me said, boy, he's sure talking great. And I missed the sarcasm. I said, well, he's very bright just because he has CP doesn't necessarily mean he has any cognitive issues. And she looked at me and said, Terry, he didn't say a word. He can't, remember? And, I mean, if I was a horse, I would have been on the back part snort because horses, when they're spooked, do all three of those things at one time. So I went into the classroom, and they put a pointer on his head, and he had typed out on his computer, horse lady can hear me. So that was my opening by all the way back in 1990. Wow. And then after that, you started communicating with animals, correct, like horses and dogs and cats? and. I started doing everything. And, you know, it's, you know man plans, God laughs. And I, all I wanted to do was animal communication, but after doing animal communication for a while, then I would start hearing people on the other side when I would do my animal readings. So it just expounded into that and energy healing and just there's no limits to it now. The only things I won't do are predictions because they're unethical due to the law of attraction, and I don't do belief work because I can't stand the negativity. But other than that, I do everything. So if someone wanted to ask you to talk to their cats or their dog, or what have you, and teach their dog to stop barking when someone knocks on the door, or teach their cat not to uh, use uh, everything around the house except for uh, except for their own litter box. 
Are you able to do that, or is that not the case? Well, here's the thing. Dogs barking, that's their job. So unless you train them to not do their job that they've been inherently bred for for centuries to be a guard dog, you know, you just have to set limits on it. You're not going to eliminate the behavior, but you can set limits on it because it would be inappropriate to tell them to never guard when they take that on as their job. And as far as cats having um, elimination where they're not supposed to, there's so many different causes for that. Like cats that pee places, a lot of times they have crystals in their bladder and they can't help where they pee. And usually when they poop outside of the box, um, that's usually that they're, they're mad at you for something, and you've got to figure out what it is. And it could be any, any number of things, right? Exactly. And that's why when I do a reading, I get the animal's name, their age, how long they've had the animal. And um, after just getting a few pieces of information, then I can connect energetically to the animal through the human using unconditional love because it's the most powerful energy in the universe. And it leads me to the animal, no matter where they are and no matter where I am, and then I can connect to them and find out what the reason is. That's interesting. I, and I, I can't wait to hear more about this. This is going to be interesting. Here's what we're going to do. We have Terry J as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. We've got 25 minutes here with Terry. I want to introduce you to my first co-host. Her name is Granny, and uh, she uh, loves animals. She loves puppy dogs, and uh, she has a few of her own. Granny, who do you have for our guest, Terry J., the animal communicator? Well, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on with us. It's a pleasure. And, yes, I do love animals. I have two dogs. I have a shepherd Pyrenees mix. He's about two years old. His name's Rex, and I have uh, we have another dog that we just adopted uh, about two months ago. She's nine months old. Her name's Selma. They said she was a border collie, mountain cur mix, but I think she's got a little bit of pit bull in her. But she's brindle. She's really pretty, and uh, she's got the sweetest personality. We had a 16-year-old basset hound that we had to put down Christmas Eve morning because she was just getting really bad and. She, she was really old, and, you know, it just she wasn't getting around very good. So uh, Rex was kind of lonely without having Maggie around. So when we got Selma, it, it's been a really good fix to, for them to, have you know, have a playmate with each other. So I guess my question to you is, you know, like I said, I love animals. You know, my son has a little dog. He's had him since he was 10 weeks old. His name's Mysterio. He's a Chihuahua mix, and my son's mentally challenged, and so that little dog has, like, been his whole life. I mean, he'll be 12 years old in October, and when that day comes, when he loses Mysterio, I don't know what's going to happen. But um, Well, what I'm, thinking, what I'm thinking up on is that you're always getting your animals back. You get the spirits of your deceased animals back in new physical forms. I'm definitely picking up on that with Thelma. Thelma's a reincarnation of an animal that passed. And I know you lost your basset hound in December, and I'm, I'm so sorry for that. But it's very possible that that dog's spirit has walked into Thelma. They do walk-ins all the time mm -hmm. because they want to try and stay with them. 
And as far as your son's dog, that same thing can happen. So when that dog has, has to go because it no longer has quality, whatever dog you bring home, that dog's spirit will walk into the new dog. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I they stay I with us. I think they, they stay with us because I believe they have a job and a purpose that is directly connected to us. You know, we get them because we love them and they're cute and they're adorable. They make our life full. But I really believe that they have a purpose with us. And a lot of times it's just to teach us about unconditional love. That's their main function. Well, I had a rat, I had a rat carrier who, and I kid you not, he could hear that, that song. It's called Good Direction. It's a country song about the sweet tea. He could be in the living room, and he would hear that song come on the radio in the bedroom, and he would run to the bedroom, and he would sit on the edge of the bed, and he would stare at that radio, and he would turn his head one way, turn his head the other way, and then he would howl during the song like he was trying to sing with it or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. Uh, Terry James, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And speaking of Ken's FM, we have, uh, and we'll go to Matthias in a second, but we have our owner, uh, and he has a, he has a nice little kitty named uh, Cooper. Cooper. Now, what would you like to know about Cooper? What would you like to have Terry J help you with Cooper? Well, the uh, uh, welcome to the show, and I appreciate you uh, taking time to talk with us this, uh, this evening. Uh, I'm trying to get my headphones to work here a little bit. There we go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's the same headphone thing that uh, uh, Matthias over here has, and uh, I'm afraid to screw it up too much so that I don't blow his head off. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I am a cat lover, and uh, I do have one black cat. She's, uh, I guess, technically a, uh, uh, a, uh, a black Norwegian forest cat. She's... Uh, uh, semi-long hair, big bushy tail, and uh, she has some idiosyncrasies. And I'm wondering if you could answer some questions as to how did this happen? Is this just unique to the cat, or was it something that I did? I got her when she was like four weeks old. And uh, so the uh, the people that had her before me were actually uh, feeding her uh, with a, um, uh, one of these little eyedroppers with milk. And uh, uh-huh. uh, and then uh, she was uh, uh, feeding. Uh, actually, she's in the studio now. Hi, Cooper. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to get her to talk to you or not, but <laughs> but no, anyway. Uh, um, but she's uh, she's checking out uh, uh, the furniture and stuff like that. She hears me talk, and then she'll usually come to whatever room I'm in. So uh, she's very familiar with apparently my voice. Um, but the the thing that uh, question that I had for you, and I'm sorry for rambling, um, the two things that uh, we have a problem with for her is uh, matted fur, because she's a semi-long hair, she gets matted fur, and she resists any way for me to, um, you know, remove those mats. Um, I've tried brushing it. Uh, she's resistant to touch. Uh, you can't pick her up for any more than a few seconds, and then she says, yeah, I want out, you know. And then the other thing, which is a little more probably 
going back to uh, the time she spent with her mom. But uh, she doesn't use the litter box for number two. She uses the carpet. <laughs> oh, isn't that lovely? Yes, but uh, she does use the litter. She does use the litter box apparently for number one. Okay, so there's a couple things going on here. First of all, she was taken away from her mother way, way, way too early. I don't know what the circumstances okay. were, but truthfully. She did not learn to use a litter box from her mother, which is where that training would have taken place. So okay, I'm going to tell you what to do, and that is to pick up the, um, the poop piles that she makes and put them in the litter box, but don't cover them completely. Okay. You're throwing them away. That isn't going to teach her. So if there's poop yeah, in the box, she's going to want to add to it. Okay, because uh, obviously the litter box is where she pees, and then uh, that's where I need to uh, uh, put the, uh, you know, the feces. Um, right. What I've been doing is I just scoop them up and then throw them away in a, in a garbage can, right. and apparently that's the so wrong thing not, to do. Well, she's not going to learn anything that way, because animals are territorial markers. So if there's um, pee or, or, or poop, She's going to add to it wherever it is. Okay. So if, you, if you're taking it and throwing it away, all she's going to go off of is smell, like, wait a minute, I think I did a doo-doo here. Let me do another one. You know, she might be yeah. in the same place all the time. And so she does. By, by moving the poop, by moving the poop, she goes, oh, that's where it goes. You know, she'll get, it'll click in. You know, well, she everything can, they she... do, we have a hard we have a hard time with this, but everything that animals do is usually scent-related. It's based on scent. And, yes. and, of course, you know, look at all of the things we humans do to eliminate our scent. We don't want to have, you know, scents or odors. And, and that's, what, that's what animals, you know, that's how they survive and thrive is on scent. So um, we, you have to just reinforce it. It might work. Okay, yeah, I was, uh, they've told me lots of different things, move the litter box around, uh, put the litter box where she poops on the carpet, uh, all of that. No, and no, then no. I've tried, no. I've tried all of those scenarios, um, and uh, basically uh, she just moves around, and it's like she's avoiding but, the litter box for some reason. But put, put like one or two piles in the litter box. I'll do okay, that the, the other thing, time. too, as far as, as far as her matting goes, um, I would take her to a professional groomer, and they have a really neat thing that's like a, like a bubble, a uh, glass bubble that they put over their head while they're grooming them so they can't bite. And um, they also can, can get their nails clipped so they don't get clogged too badly while they're shaving the cat. And that's pretty much what you're going to have to do. If she doesn't allow you to groom her and she gets that heavy, dense coat, you're just going to have to keep her shaved. Yeah. I um, I got a feeling that uh, she's not very good for transit either. Um, I know when I took her to the vet to uh, have the spay surgery, um, getting her into that little kennel was uh, kind of an experience. Um, but, yeah, Can she I still has a bigger her kennel? 
Yeah, but try that, to get well. You don't want to declog. Try to get a bigger kennel and throw treats in it without taking her to the vet. Just throw treats in there so that she'll go in there to get treats and there's no problem. And then when when it's time to take her to get groomed, then you just you know throw treats in. She thinks she's been in there, gotten the treats before, no problem. And that time you close the door, and that way you can take her to the groomer. And they right. put on heavy duty um, like welding gloves in order to handle these cats. So don't worry about them. But you know they'll, they'll they're really good at it. So um, you also might talk to your vet about some about something to uh, tranquilize her prior to it that you can just put on her feed. Yeah. Okay. I know that um, over the years she's about six and a half, seven years old. Uh-huh. Probably seven years old this July. Anyway, uh, I've had her since then, and uh, she's gotten quite a bit better not to claw me, you know, when I'm handling her or anything like that. But she does claw your house guests, though. (laughs) Apparently, Icon has a problem with her, but uh, (laughs) uh, but she checks out everybody. You can have the vet actually, you, you can actually have the vet knock her out completely and have her shaved out the vet too if she's really bad. Okay. Um, it isn't, uh, you know, it isn't like she puts up a fight every time you touch her. No, you can, you can pick her up, uh, move her and then, but you got to put her back down again because otherwise she's going to wiggle her way out of your arms. And, uh, that's very typical for her. Uh, yeah, that's typical for a lot of cats that weren't handled enough. Uh, Terry Jones, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about uh, 13 minutes here with uh, with our guest here. Uh, Ken, you have any other questions? Then? Well, the only other thing I wanted to say is, uh, was it my fault for not handling her enough as a little kitten, seeing as I got her when she was like four weeks old? Uh, some people say that uh, the reason why she doesn't like to be handled is because she wasn't handled or cuddled or anything like that very much as a little kitten, and then other people have said, no, it's just the nature of the cat. What's your impression? I I would say it's some of both. Okay. I would say it's All right. Uh, now, uh, Matthias, do you have any, uh, uh, Ken, we want you to stick around. Uh, uh, you, you probably won't have much for the MMA fighter, but we do want you to stick around for the band because they want to be on your show, so stick around. Uh, Matthias, you got anything for the uh, animal charmer? Well, yes, but I'll do my quick spiel as I always do with every guest. So, oh, yes, God. you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, soon to be has been paid for by the New World Order. Honorary member of the NWO and soon to be BZW World Tag Team Champion Matthias here. Welcome on to my part of the program. Terry, can we cage him, please? <laughs> no one can cage the animal unless you got barbed wire around it and weapons. But anyway, <laughs> my main question to you would be you know how, like, as, as Icon was uh, originally talking in the beginning, how you can communicate with dogs or cats or kind of the basic animals. What is the most strange animal or, like, exotic animal you've ever been able to communicate with or interact with in, in your lifetime? And what's the animal's name? So Bester J. Fox. 
Um, I would say that like the the smallest animal was a salamander, and he was very very simple. He just shared that he was cold. He wanted to know what he was because he'd never seen another one of what he was. So I recommended that they get another salamander for him and that they have him in a warmer place than they did. That was pretty funny, but it's very simple stuff. Um, Some of the um, more exotic animals, um, uh, barn owls, um, um, snakes, I've communicated with snakes, and um, uh, elephants and big cats. So I've done all of that. Okay, cool. Uh, Sarah, Terry, Terry, I guess here on eighty-nine point one Kansas. We've got about uh, ten minutes here left. Uh, now, you had mentioned that some animals uh, stay with you after they pass, and they go on to uh, other animals. And I'm, I'm going to try my best not to get choked up here, uh, and I probably will. Uh, I the first dog I ever had was a purebred cocker spaniel, and his name was Mario. And uh, I'm getting choked up already. I'm sorry, folks. But he uh, uh, he passed away uh, uh, seven years ago now, I do believe it was, and he died of leukemia. And of course, he was he was my little buddy, and I lost him. And uh, do you have any way to communicate with animals from the past, or if you can find well, yeah. out if he's warped into uh, in with my other animals? Yeah, you got him back right away, it feels like. He just walked into the other animal that you brought home. So he, he walked they into Jack. Do that. Yeah. Wow. They tried to I had no him. idea. And besides, he's saying that you were, you're high maintenance, too. So you need a lot of attention and affection, and you need to be bossed around to be told what to do and when to do it. So that's his job with you. I, I hope my wife's not listening to this. <laughs> but, you know, that sounds really, really, really familiar for Cooper because she greets me at the door. Uh, she's always there. Uh, she wants to know what I'm doing. She follows me around to every room. Um, it's like, yeah, she's along the same lines as, uh, Ken, you're high maintenance. i got to take care of you, you know. No, and, right. and then she's a cat. Now, Ken, do you wish she was more of a lap cat, though, or not? Oh, to a point. I mean, uh, I'm an affectionate person, and then uh, I like to show affection. And the problem is, uh, Cooper is not. <laughs> well, you haven't fired us yet, so you do have compassion. We can tell that. Well, yeah, that's true. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I understand. Uh, an animal is an animal. You've got to, uh, and, and it gets real dangerous and scary when uh, you get so connected with your pet that it becomes truly a part of the family, and uh, that's a little scary, but it's a natural thing for us humans to do. And uh, Why is it scary? Uh, I know exactly Why do you think it's scary? <sighs> to me, that feels normal. They are family yeah. members. You know, we're, we're all the same energy. We're all source energy in physical form. I mean, I joke and call it we're... You know, we're a source of energy running around in a little meat suit. Well, I know that... So we're, uh, we're all the same energy. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, what I, you know, what I actually meant here is that uh, 
you let them come into your life and uh, you become bonded to them and become, you know, part of your family. And, you know, they're an animal. Uh, they don't have the same power to reason as we do. They do almost everything instinctively. Uh, but still, they are able to get into your life and especially in the in you know in reference to a dog, uh, there's a makeup in their brain in their personality that uh, seems to flow towards making friends, you know, becoming uh, uh, you know like in the the uh, example of Icon there, it's like uh, that dog looked at Icon as a dad. He was yes, connected really. to you. And I'm, about is, I'm sure Cooper is the same way. I've got to share a couple of funny okay. stories about my son's little dog, Mysterio. All right. We, we, have, we, uh, we have Terry Chase, our guest around 89.1 Kids Have, and we got about uh, four, uh, four minutes, so <laughs> go ahead, Granny. When we first got Mysterio, when we went to the animal shelter to look for a dog for Anthony, and uh, my husband, he went back, and he was back in the cages in the room. You know, there were, you know, cats there, too. And I love cats just as much as I love dogs. And his little kennel mate had just been adopted two days before him. Well, my husband opened that cage door. And this was like in December 2011. That little puppy, he was a whole whopping six pounds, and he was 10 weeks old. He jumped out of that cage right into my husband's work coat. And we played with him and, you know, and everything, and we put him back. And, boy, he just started crying, like, don't leave me, you know. And so my, I called the next day, and they were closed, like, on a Wednesday. But they told me, they said, if your son wants to come up and adopt him, you know, bring him up, and we'll let him take him home. And... And my husband and my son and I, we like to watch professional wrestling. And so we go to a lot of independent wrestling shows. Well, we had Mysterio with us one night because Mysterio is kind of like my son's service dog. You know, he's an emotional support dog, but he's like, you know, he recognizes certain things. So we had him at the wrestling show. And my one friend, he was being the bad guy that night. And he looked at my son and the way they set it up was they had tables. So if you were, like, on the front row, they had tables all the way around the ring. So that was, like, their barrier type thing. And my friend Dexter looked at my son, and he raised his arm back, and he hollered at my son. Mysterio jumped out, and he was on his leash, but he jumped out of my son's arms onto the table, and he looked at Dexter, and he's like, what? That's cool. Uh, Terry Jays, I guess, here. we got about uh, three minutes, so we can do this, uh, Terry. If our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a couple books, what do you got? I have all of the above. The best place to get a hold of me is on my website. It's terryj.com, T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y.com, and I'm available to do readings of all types except predictions and police work. My rates are very reasonable. It's 50 and 90. And anything goes. I don't um, put restrictions on it. And if people want to learn how to do this work, I have three books out on how to do it. You can get all of those via my website. And people can learn how to do this for themselves. We're all born intuitive. 
we turn it off in childhood. So in order to learn to do it, we just have to learn to turn it back on. It's that simple. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Terry, you have been most wonderful, and uh, you have brightened our day. Now we know what we're doing wrong with our animals. Now we can improve our ownership skills, as they would say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Terry, if you uh, if uh, you're so inclined, we would definitely like to have you back on again because the chat room is just going completely crazy right now. Uh, unfortunately, we, won't, we don't have time to get to, uh, any questions, but we would lo- definitely love to have you back on again, and maybe we could uh, take some calls and you can uh, answer uh, pet questions. Absolutely. I would be willing to answer any questions, whether it's from you know people or animals that have passed, for health, relationships, finances, I do all of the above. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Terry, thank you for being with us tonight. You are awesome, and thanks for helping me know what happened with Mario, that he's uh, he's okay and he's still following me, and helping Kent with Cooper, and helping Granny with Mysterio. And, uh, well, Matthias has went back to his cage, but uh, next time you're on the air, we'll have you help us get him back in his cage. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you. That was uh, uh, that was Miss. Uh, oh man, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm, I'm so emotional hearing about uh, Homer there. But uh, Terry J, ladies and gentlemen, uh, looks like our next guest winning wings. We're going to take a quick little commercial break. We will be back after these messages, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to a man that's got his. Well, he's, he's got his fist of fury, so we'll talk to him in a little bit. We'll be right back. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he'll hit you with his left. He'll hit you with his right. And then he'll kick you. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Martial Artist Hall of Fame. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve Ross. Hey, this is Steve Ross. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 KNS-FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Holster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you guys doing? Good, Steve. Thank you for joining us tonight. How are you? I am doing well. Just sitting here enjoying life here on the uh, West Coast. And... uh... We are going to be very cautious with you because we know that you are an MMA Hall of Famer and you're a pretty tough guy. So, uh, you know, you, you look great in a suit, but I'm sure if someone uh, uh, does some road rage in traffic, you're going to let them know about it, whether you're wearing a tux or not, correct? That is, that's, well, I'm probably the safest guy in the, in, in the neighborhood, just to put it that way. <laughs> so... One question that I've always wanted to ask someone that is in MMA, you, you obviously train uh, people to fight, correct? 
I have trained many people to fight, yes, but I always tell people that if I – let me rephrase that. I don't train people to fight. I train people to survive. I don't – I tell people if they want to learn how to fight, they can stand on the street corner, start calling people names, and they'll learn how to fight. So I believe in being a peaceful warrior. So you train people to defend themselves so they don't have to fight. That's, that's exactly correct. And if you were to train somebody so that they uh, – when you train somebody, do you let them know that I'm going to train you to help defend yourself from you getting bullied or whatever, but this does not mean that you're going to go out and start picking fights with people? Do you put that out there right away? Well, I actually do. I've had situations where I've had students um, who had the wrong attitude because, you know, we are training people how to be lethal. And so, yes, so it comes with a responsibility. And if they do not have the uh, wherewithal to uh, be responsible, just like any weapon, you're training the people how to use their hands, their feet, but rather than use their mind first and hands and feet as the last resort. Uh, Steve Ross is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and well, we got uh, we got plenty of time with our buddy here. We got about uh, well, we got about uh, 27 minutes. What I'm going to do, Steve, is I'm going to ask you a few que- uh, few more questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and ask you a couple questions. Uh, but one thing I want to ask, if it's a myth or not, uh, because you're an MMA fighter and you train people to protect themselves, and you train people to survive, is there is it a farce when someone says you have to register your your fist is lethal weapons because you, you're you so good at what you do? Well, let's put, there was a time when that was true. Back in my day, I mean, I actually have a literal number that is assigned to me. Nowadays, since the arts have grown and you have a martial arts studio on almost every other street corner and so on, that's not so much the case anymore. However, in the court of law, you know, you are still held responsible for your actions. So I'm going to ask one more question, and we'll do a roundtable here. So now let's say that you're at a, well, a bar or on the street or something, and someone comes up to you and starts wanting to tussle with you. And you know that you have the skills to not only survive, but if it gets down to it, you could probably really slow down. And let's say that you cause some serious injury, and then they sue you because – you you are more so trained than they are. Is that a scenario that could actually happen, or is that a farce? No, that actually could happen. You know, there were two interesting court cases that just recently happened here last year that everybody might be familiar with, and I can't recall the exact states that they were in, but um, you might remember the stories. There was one gentleman that was defending himself with a, with a weapon uh, because another person pointed a weapon at him, and he actually shot the guy and killed him. Uh, so that was one case that, that ended up um, you know, in the court. And then another one where um, a, a, an assailant came and got onto someone's property. They thought they were going to burgle them, and they chased the guy down. And they ended up shooting him. Well, both cases were, were put in as self-defense cases. But the mere fact that one life was in threat, what was threatened and had to respond immediately, whereas the other one, 
they they were considered the assailant and and were found guilty of murder because once the assailant leaves your proximity at that point in time, if you become the aggressor, you are now held the one that's accountable. Wow. Uh, Steve Robinson, our guest here. Uh, we got to take a quick little time out. We'll be back after these messages. So stick with us. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here with our guest, Steve Ross. Steve, I want to introduce you to my first co-host. Her name is Granny Hulkster, and... Uh, I'll tell you what, Granny can get pretty vicious, especially if you're a heel wrestler. If you get in her face, uh, she'll probably hit you with a hurricane. But uh, maybe you can uh, teach her how to use her uh, cane for more of a defense mechanism instead of just whacking people. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I want to, you know, wrestle around with Granny or not. Well, I, I am not. I am not mean. I am not mean. You know. Now, I have had a tug of war with a wrestler by the name of Angel Medina, who used to wrestle for ECW back in the day at our independent wrestling show a few times, because he was picking on some little, little sweet lady, and he wasn't being very nice to her. And I said, Angel, why don't you come pick on somebody your own size? Why don't you come pick on Granny? And we had a little tug of war with my cane before I, you know. Because I was having to walk with a cane before I had my knee replacements. But I, I don't like the heels. I, I do not like the heels. Now, I don't watch a lot of MMA, but I do like my wrestling. I do like my wrestling. And I've had a few times where I've been handcuffed to managers. They've actually handcuffed me to a couple of man. I had one manager who actually handcuffed himself to me at, at an event one night because he was part of a 10-man tag team match. And I think he was thinking in the back of... Stevie's mind, he was thinking, if I'm handcuffed to Granny, nobody's going to come touch me because they don't want to hurt Granny. But that was not the case because I ended up hitting Stevie with a metal cookie sheet on his head a couple of times. (laughs) 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 But uh, what has been one of your most toughest challenges you've had as an MMA fighter? Well, let me first off, let me make some some clarification here. Um, you know, I was introduced as an MMA fighter, which is mixed martial arts, and I am mm-hmm. not an fighter. I am a Hall of Fame martial arts um, teacher, and okay. um, you know, just 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 for clarity. Now, I have okay. many dear friends in MMA world. You probably know them. One of my dearest friends is. A gentleman, Dan to be Severn. I mean, you probably ah uh, yes, yes, I know Dan Severn quite well. He was at um, an event that we had at an independent show, um, Wrestling for a Cause. They do independent wrestling shows for kids that are fighting childhood cancer. I'm very well familiar with Dan Severn. Yes, it was really and great Dan to is, see him again. And he has been a guest on our show a few times. Yo, well, excellent. Yeah, well, Dan and I, we, we talk often, and um, he's one of the sweetest <clears throat> men that I that I know in, in that field. And, you know, he's literally like, uh, you know, the most humble man that, that you meet in person, but I just don't want to tick him off, you know, in the wrong place. No, wrong you so. don't want to make that man mad. <laughs> uh-uh. Like asking him to bring his uh, rental car back within two weeks instead of two months? Yeah. <laughs> 
And that- Steve Ross is our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kens FM. And now, uh, uh, Steve, I want to introduce you to my other co-host. Now, he, he's a wrestler. He thinks he's a real tough guy. And as a matter of fact, he was uh, kind of telling me that uh, he, he might be able to take you on in a match. So we're going to have him explain himself. So, uh, Nightmare, what do you got for our guest, Steve Ross? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, an honorary member of the NWO, and soon-to-be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my part of the program. Um... I've got two questions. So my first one is, is there any sort of move that you have learned throughout your career that you have refused to teach a student of yours, like any that you consider to be deadly that you just said, no, I won't do this, or anything like that that you would refuse to teach anybody? Well, there are some moves that are considered lethal that um, that I just won't teach to anybody. Um, you know, you know, like you've heard the, the old uh, people talk about, you know, a palm strike to the to the bridge to the nose, and that will drive the bone up into the brain. Well, that's a fallacy. That just doesn't work, right? Um, mm-hmm. There is um, that that would that's that's actually a three strike technique. You have to break the bone, and you have to break some hard bone in order to do that. Well. That's too much time and effort, but there are some areas where you you know striking to the area of the heart that can be very lethal. But a certain way to do that and cause spontaneous uh, response. So um, those type of things that are things that we you know don't want to teach people how to do uh, without them having clear responsibility and understanding what they're doing. Okay, and then uh, my second question for you is, I've actually got myself a match with a black belt martial arts instructor right now. His name is Jake Taylor. Now, do you have any tips for me going into this match? I mean, I've got little experience with martial arts, but it's been more professional wrestling. So what do you recommend, or is there any tips you could have for me to uh, win this match? Retire. Well, I I think, Matthias, of the uh, the um, question that I would ask is, do you know what style of martial art it is that he trains in? Because that would kind of give me, I can better answer it that way. Jiu-Jitsu, I believe, is what he's trained in. Okay, well, Jiu-Jitsu is ground, mostly ground violence. So you'll have some good competition in that regard. I mean, that's, if you remember the match back in, I'm going to say it was UFC 5 when Dan Severn took on Hoist Gracie. See, so Dan came in as a wrestler, and Hoist was the jiu-jitsu guy. So, but because of Dan's experience, that was that one of the first times that Hoist Gracie had a main a full challenge for himself because he was used to fighting martial artists, but a jiu-jitsu <clears throat> guy is a little is a little different. So, and 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 Dan was a wrestler, not a martial artist. So, he was able to meet him almost head on. So, um, mm-hmm. if he is a jiu-jitsu guy. Um, the best thing, you know, he's going to come in for, for, for the attack. So, and he's going to try to do using Dan's word, you know, the ground pound concept. Okay. Steve Ross, I guess you're on 89.1 Kens FM. Now, I want to ask you a few uh, 
questions about uh, your. Uh, you said that you do have a. Uh, do you have like a, uh, a a dojo or is it a school or what do you have that you train at? Yeah, well, I have a studio in uh, a location in Mission Viejo, uh, California. And uh, if someone wanted to come take a class or learn some uh, defense moves, what would they have to do? Well, all they have to do is just uh, just come to the studio. There's uh, you got. You can reach me through my website, which has my phone contact information and the studio location. And basically, they just want to come in, and if they're willing to learn, I'm willing to teach. Now, can you tell right away when someone walks in if they're just there to learn something so they can uh, go cause trouble, or can you tell if they're, like, really there to uh, defend, uh, learn how to defend themselves so they don't get into trouble? Well, generally, you know, people have an – my experience, and I've been doing this for a little over 50 years, um, my experience has been that, you know, you, you can tell the energy that a person has about them. If a person comes in humble, meek, um, uh, you know, and you, they got a willingness to learn, <clears throat> great. if they come in kind of hockey and with, with attitudes like, well, I've trained in this and I've trained in that, and, you know, I want to try to, you know, make myself a better fighter, well, then that's, that's okay if that's what they want. But I'm trying to make a whole person, you know, to, you know, to, to make this world a little better place. Anybody can fight. But, you know, it's who can actually stand up to a fight and walk away proudly without being ridiculed and all that kind of good stuff, and, you know, where they're confident within themselves. So if they do have to fight, one of the things that I always tell my students, that we, we don't train students to fight, but if we fight, we must win. That's awesome. Uh, Steve Austin, I guess, here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we have, well, we got 15 minutes here. Now, I want to talk about some of the people that uh, you've uh, you've trained with or worked with in uh, the movies. Uh, I believe that you've worked with uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You've worked with uh, Lou Gossett, Jr., uh, Peter Coyote. Um, that's a pretty impressive list. Is there anybody I left off that you worked with? That's well, yeah, up. there's a variety of people since then. I mean, I've got good friends, uh, Don the Dragon, Wilson, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, um, Olivier Gruner, all these uh, names. I mean, they're they're all friends, and uh, we know we all train and work together in various things. And I also train in other aspects of, of the martial arts, um, you know, the master defense system, the Krav Maga, all that type of stuff, which adds to our repertoire of our training. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, uh, Cynthia Rothrock and Dan B. Severin, and both have been a guest on our show, and they also uh, they also spoke pretty highly of you. And I, I do apologize that it, it, it took so long to get you on with us finally, but it's great to finally talk to the individual that has been spoke so highly of for our past guests that we've had on. Well, I'm very honored that they actually spoke highly of me because, you know, they're, they're dear friends. You know, Cynthia and I and um, uh, a variety of other people like uh, Michael Jai White and um, um, Billy Blanks, all these guys, we all train in the same style of martial arts. Uh, they went down a little different path, but, you know, the art that our, our core art that we trained in was Tong Sudo, which was, uh, most people don't know it by name, but that was Korea's original martial art before everything started splitting off into uh, the sports world. So, um, but that's kind of how we all came together. 
Now, is there now when you are, are training these uh, different individuals and uh, actors, uh, does does Hollywood call you up and say, "Hey, uh, we need you to teach this individual this," or he's got some skills, but we need you to hone his craft? Does that ever happen? Well, that hasn't happened with me, but it has happened with some of my other friends. Um, I am more along the side of where I get where I work with um, um, certain people and, and fight choreography, that type of stuff. Um, I, what's gotten really a lot of um, uh, attention here lately is, is the Netflix series called Cobra Kai. I'm sure some of you guys might have watched that. Um, the Karate you know, Kid. Uh, it, yeah, from the Karate Kid. You know, the Karate. It's interesting because Hollywood has a lot to do with the. Um, marketing of our of the martial arts world. I mean, back in my day, growing up, you know, originally starting off in the 70s, I started, you know, I was inspired by a movie called Billy Jack, and that's what got me into the martial arts right after it came out. And um, and then, of course, then uh, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, you know, they had the Saturday, what I refer to as the Chop Suey movies, and there was always something about martial arts going on. You got Bruce Lee and all those type of things that were going on. Um, and so it was in people's minds. And so the martial arts world started to grow uh, tremendously after that. Um, then there was, uh, you know, then MMA came about. And that just kind of changed the aspect of anything and uh, of a variety of different things. Um, uh, so, you know, it, in a way it's all, you know, we're, we're all under one umbrella here. I mean, it, it's, fighting arts, so wrestling, jiu-jitsu, karate, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's whatever a person really likes to do. So me, I'm now, all about making a person. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, my, my inspiration is, is helping others to become the best that they can. So if they want to be a good fighter, then I'm going to help them become a good fighter, but with, uh, but with morals and responsibility. Now, you got to work on one of my all-time favorite movies uh, from back in the 90s, uh, Lionheart. What was it like being on the set in that movie? And also, I mean, you, you were in the movie, you were uncredited, but you were still in the movie. You still got to work with uh, Van Damme. That had to been a highlight at the time. Well, it really was. Now, the way that kind of started is just a year prior to that is I had won the world championships back in London, England. Um, and both Von Dom and I were both the, um, guests at what was at the time what was the Ed Parker um, uh, Long Beach Championship, and that's where he and I had met at that point in time, and we collaborated uh, a little bit. And a year about about a year after that, you know, because that was he got his success with uh, Bloodsport, and it was well, a year after that is when I got an invitation to come and be in the movie Lionheart with them and. You know, it's all set. It was set off where it looks like it was in South Africa. You know, with the French Foreign Legion and all kind of stuff. But it was actually a spot of desert out in um, Nevada, and it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, because I got to meet Billy out there, and Billy Blank. That's where he, he and I collaborated. And but one of the guys that I had the most fun with was a guy named George Bejou, and George was uh, he was actually Von Dom's body double, and there was some, there was a lot of close-up scenes. That wasn't Von Dom at all, but it was uh, George, and he was a good martial artist as well. But it was, it was now, fantastic you, being being there. Did you get to be in a fight scene then with uh, with Jean Claude, or was it just a stunt double that you were with? Uh, 
Well, there were a couple of scenes. There was a, there was a couple of nice scenes in there that we that we did some uh, choreography with. But I got to be trying to ultimately some of the some of the cool scenes that I was in actually got you know cut out on the tape with the editor's block there. But um, I was uh, I was one of the guys that had to try to stop him from escaping out of the French Foreign Legion air camp. So it was fun. Now, have you? Uh, do, doing working on these uh, different uh, movie sets, have you ever had? And I'll understand if you can't answer the question, but have you ever had any? Uh, is there any uh, any accidents like where you accidentally got cut or hit in the face or whatever? Uh, maybe either you did them or they did you. Well, fortunately for me, no, I have none of that has happened with me. But I do know my dear friend uh, Cynthia Rothrock. She was telling me many stories because she's been in. Tremendous amount more movies than I have been, but she was telling me about some of her um, exploits that she had there, and when she was doing things over in Hong Kong and everything, and some accidents that happened, you know, and uh, the twisting and breaking of, uh, of ankles and bones and noses, and it's it's just amazing how she continued on even when she was in extreme pain. So, but I was fortunate that none of that happened with me. I have pretty good control of my techniques. You know, and uh, Cynthia Rothrock, of course, uh, uh, a lot of us uh, fans of uh, the Dukes of Hazard fell in love with Cynthia because uh, she was in the Dukes of Hazard reunion uh, back in the day, mm. and uh, and uh, that's actually where I fell in love with her. And uh, I, I I know one thing about Cynthia: if you call her at three in the morning, she's not very happy with you. But uh, I, I finally did patch things up, and that's a story for another time. Now, when you became when you Got the honor of becoming a Hall of Famer. What, what was it? What was that like? Uh, did they did they call you and say you're going in the Hall of Fame? Or did they let you know like six months in advance? Uh, uh, how did you find out that you're uh, going into the Hall of Fame? You know that that was uh, it, it was um, quite the surreal experience. I got a letter in the mail that said that told me that I had been nominated and accepted into the Hall of Fame. And I went, what is this? Can this really be real and everything? So I started making some phone calls, and I said, well, how, who did what? But they, won't, they would never tell me who nominated me for, for the, um, uh, uh, for the uh, honor. But, it was, but then, you know, through investigation, I found out that it was all legit. It was all real. And the next thing you know, the, um, uh, our newspaper, the Orange County Register, did a big publication on it. And, and I was really honored because it was one of those bonding times with me because I got to take my daughter back with me. And I got to meet some really cool people in that process. And I know that uh, Shannon Lee was one of the people who presented our award. And it was an honor, you know, getting to um, connect with her. And uh, then, of course, Ernie Bastille, um, who's no longer with us, sadly. He was one of Bruce Lee's uh, uh, back belts at the time. Um, but he was, uh, he was quite uh, the gentleman. And uh, just, just a whole really neat bunch of people during that event. So, and then from there, of course, everything started to escalate. And, you know, um, my name started floating around a lot more places. So I've been very fortunate and very lucky to have the experiences that I have. Now, you also uh, are you also were a world champion in 1986, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's correct. Like I said in the beginning, that's, how, that's what led me to connect with uh, Von Dahm because he and I were both dignitaries at this one event, and that's how we connected because he had just uh, – 
he was brought on from the new star of, of blood sport. And I was brought on as the, uh, uh, new winner of the, uh, the world championship. And then, so. You didn't have to take on Van Damme to win the world championship, did you? <laughs> no, no. You know, what's really funny, you know, a lot of things about, about Van Damme. I mean, and I'm not going to put the man down. He's, he's had his own challenges in life, but you know, a lot of people don't realize that his, most of his skills came from ballet, not martial arts. That that is, uh, I I had no idea that uh, uh, martial arts and ballet went together. Well, discipline and flexibility are two things that they they focus on. And Van Damme always wanted to uh, become a, um, a a movie star. And so when he was in Belgium, he had a you know he was he had a, um, uh, a fitness studio and everything, and he was doing some martial arts stuff. But he came over here to the United States. Wanted to get into the movies and, uh, um, you know, started to make his way. And I'm I just kind of curious, what, what was it like working with uh, Lou Gossett Jr.? Of course, uh, for those of you who know, he was in Officer and a Gentleman. And, of course, everybody's pro- favorite role of uh, Lou Gossett Jr. was Chappie Sinclair from the movie Iron Eagle. What was it like working with him? You know, both Louis Gossett Jr. and Peter Coyote, both of them were – they were very nice people. Um I was on the set of a movie called Keeper of the City, and um, it was kind of a fluke of how I got my my position because somebody else didn't show up, and I was there with some friends, and the uh, the director asked me if I would mind stepping in for the role, and uh, and it worked out just well. So, you know, sometimes it's a matter of being in the right place at the right time, and so it was so it was uh, an enjoyable time. But like I said, they're very. Uh, very humble people. And one of my favorite movies that Louis Gossett Jr. did was, um, um, I think it was called Enemy Mine or something like that, yep. where he was an alien. Yep. Yeah, because the way his acting skills were, that were just phenomenal. So, yeah. Uh, Steve Ross, I guess, here we got uh, we got about uh, two minutes here with uh, Mr. Ross. So we can do this here so we don't forget. If our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Yeah, I, I, I'm on Facebook. You can look me up on Facebook under Steve Ross. Uh, it says uh, it might be Steve Ross producer. Um, and then um, uh, I have a website. It's ocmartialarts.org. Um, and that's here in California, and uh, most of my information is there. And just so everybody knows, I'm also in the process of producing um, my first uh, screenplay. It's an actual horror film right now. It's called Carnival Freak Show, Um, and you can find more about that at going www.carnivalfreakshow.com. So that is out there, and I want to give a plug to Cynthia Rothrock with her new movie, Black Creek, that's coming out. Is one of the first female lead westerns that's out there, and all of our friends are going to be in that movie. So that's going to be phenomenal. So, and that's that's Black Creek. Kind of, we're going to start uh, shooting on in October. I might have to reach out to her and have her on again. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Steve, you are awesome, sir. We appreciate it, and uh, you are the best there is. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule. You are wonderful, and we would definitely love to have you on again if you'd come back. Well, I would be honored to come back because this is a lot of fun. So thank you very much for having me. All right. Thank you, Steve. You have a good night. We appreciate it, bud. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care.
All right, Steve Ross, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it looks like uh, we have a lot of guests calling in next. Uh, we got a band, actually. Uh, but we need to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. So stick with us. And this is going to be fun coming up here. So don't, uh, don't go away. Tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. and join me, Jolt Mary Night, as my music from outer space gets intercepted by your eardrums. We've got rock. We've got electronic. We've got old novelty records. We've got pizza. Okay, that technology is still being worked on, so until we can perfect the transmission of a pizza directly to your mouth, for now we can have an hour-long buffet of rock and roll every Friday night. That's Rock and Roll Space Station, Fridays at 8 p.m., right here on the best station in all the galaxy, and Fargo, of course, Ken's FM. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. We have an entire band with us. We have the band Scorned, and we're going to start out with their lead singer. He is the man himself. He is a man on a mean guitar. He is J. Dot Bix. You're listening to Attitude Era Mon- Monday Live Monday on 89.1 K-N-E-N-S-F-M with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling granny, Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. I am J.Dot okay. Biggs. I am not the singer, but I am the guitarist. I will direct everything to our singer, Mr. Cody Slane. <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? How are you, sir? I am All good. Right. How are you doing? All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call off the last four digits of your phone number, then you can introduce yourself, and then uh, uh, we'll ask some questions around, uh, from everybody, and then whoever wants to take the question, we'll do that. Uh, so starting out with 6669. That would be me, Mr. Jada. 8889. Hey, what's up? Cody. Uh, 6336. Yo, this is Nathan. Zero two seven two. Yo, this is Dave. You know, I like how all your guys' uh, phone numbers end in uh, double digits. It's kind of cool. It's like uh, you guys went to the double digit cell number servicers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, now the band is called Scorn, correct? Yes, sir. Indeed. All right, and I also believe uh, Mr. J. Dot is a wrestling promoter as well, correct? I am not a promoter. I manage wrestlers. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We have a uh, gentleman that we're going to have you talk to in a while. Uh, uh, you might uh, want to think about having him join your uh, faction because he's pretty good. We'll talk to him in a second. But now what I'd like to do is let's kind of get a little information on each person and, you know, which you, what your instrument is and how long you've been with the group. So we'll start with 669. I am, uh, I'm Jay, and um, I've been playing guitar for close to 30 years, and I have uh, been in Scorned. This lineup for, this lineup's been together for about six years. All right, 8889. Yeah, um, well, I am vocals, guitar, um, lyricist. I joined this lineup uh yeah six years ago and uh since then it's just been a complete blast like the entire time six three three six yo this is nathan um i've been playing uh playing bass for these guys for a little bit uh i would say about four to five months now and And, uh been playing bass for a bit go ahead i'm sorry i didn't need i'm sorry 
Uh, no, you're good. Uh, I was just about to say I've been playing bass though for about I would say about four or five years, and then six or seven on guitar. And zero two seven two. Uh, this is Dave. Uh, I've actually uh, I've been playing I've been playing drums since high school actually. Uh, so I would say I've almost twenty years been playing drums. Uh, but I've been yeah I've been playing in this lineup and scoring for the same amount. I've been playing for six years, and uh, now, it's been uh, it's been quite enjoyable. I love these guys. Now you guys uh, two are all over the place, correct? Well, we have. We have. Um, we are right now, we're in the process of uh, making a comeback. I, I don't want to use the word comeback, but we are reuniting. Uh, we have not been active before the past couple of years, and right now we are in the process of booking our Midwest tour. Now, was that because of COVID that you guys had to take some time off? Uh, no, we had internal issues a long time ago when we decided that it was best if we just take some time apart. And uh, thankfully, that was the best move that we could have made. Uh, stepping away from each other gave us time to grow individually. And when we came back and got in the room together again and started making music, it was just natural and everything clicked the way it did when we first started and it's progressed into a whole new monster now, and it's just so full of energy. Uh, we have the band scoring as our guest here. We've got 35 minutes here with the group here, and uh, eventually uh, I'm thinking our station owner, uh, Ken, uh, he has a uh, show on Saturday nights where he has uh, bands come in and set, a, uh, set everything up here in the studio, and uh we're going to try and see if we can't uh, invite you guys uh, down to the studio uh, and uh, maybe do a little jam session uh, for our listeners at some point. We'll talk about that in a second. But first off, I want to introduce you guys. Uh, I don't know how many, how, many, how many questions you'll have, but what's interesting is I believe you guys are from Arkansas, correct? Yes. Uh, well, I'll I tell mean, you what, my uh, co-host. I already know who's coming. Any host. <laughs> Well, you now, know, Icon, you know, oh, now, wait a minute, Icon. Do you know these fine chaps? I know one of them. I know one of them. Is it Jay Vega? Yeah, Granny Holster knows me pretty well, so. Yes, I know Jay quite well through wrestling. Now, the other gentleman I've never met, I have never met, but I know Jay quite well. Because hey, Jay, Jay and I have... <laughs> What's that? How many times has Granny got in your face? have I gotten in your face, Jay, when you've been well, a manager? I, I would say at least close to ten now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Granny, uh, I, I am shocked. You're supposed to be the little old lady from Pasadena. And here uh, you're, you know uh, what? Hey, 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 Icon, y'all, just hold on a minute. You just hold mm-hmm. on right there. For your information, Jay and I have had our differences when he's been managing people that I thought he was on their side and he ends up turning on them, turning on certain people and then stabbing them in the back and, and like, uh, ditching them all together, you know. 
Now, you know, so don't, I mean, I I am a very sweet lady, guys. Just so you know, I am a very sweet lady. But when it comes I, to I wrestling, when it comes to wrestling, you know, that's Granny's passion here, and Granny don't like the heels, and I got to put them in their place. Matter of fact, I had to put Bobby Burns in his place at DCW a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> we don't need to go there. Right now, Jay is just just a musician that uh, loves you people. Yeah. So, go right ahead. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Ken ask his questions to these fine gentlemen concerning their music. Well, before (laughs) before we do that, uh, Matthias, now you. you you also told me I think that uh, you saw uh, uh, Jay uh, you saw a picture of him and uh, you heard about uh, some of his wrestling background and I think that you said that you would be a perfect uh, fit in this faction. Well, I mean, absolutely. You know, I am a heel. I am. Well, I guess first I got to do my little spiel here, as I always do with every guest. So yes, Ferris, oh, I am the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. I am North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion. Oh my and- God! Who the hell cares? And soon to be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion and a member honorary of the New World Order. Welcome on to my part of the program. Now, yes, I do actually have a faction up here in North Dakota called the Slies Guys, and we're on our way to Tag Team Gold. So if he would be more than willing to offer me a spot in his faction, I can guarantee I will make it one of the greatest that their promotion has ever seen. But my main question to you guys would be, is it when you guys all perform together, um, for a lot of bands, they travel all together, they do all this stuff together. It's kind of like a brotherhood in, in a way. And that's similar to, is it kind of similar to that, like with professional wrestling, when we could be miles apart, we could be states apart, we could be whatever, but when you get booked on a show and you're all back together again, it's like you never left. It's kind of like a family situation. Is that similar with with you guys and your band, or, or what does it feel like when you all finally get back together for a show? Uh it actually, I mean, it actually is. It's, it's, it's exactly like that. It's, uh, you know, we we're all we act, we act like you know we're brothers. You know, we're family. So I mean, it's uh, when we when we get together, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're there we're there for each other. We hold each other accountable. Uh, you know, and you know, you know, we we we're just there for each other to make sure we're we're ready for the show, and. Uh, you know, and when we get together, you know, you know, we just we bond like that. You know, we we've been together for so long. You know, and, you know, old and new members alike. You know, you know, we treat each other with respect and like family. So it's kind of how this whole you know us getting back together started. We all ended up going to the same show and just hanging out, and it just felt right because we were family. And and we're just meant to be 
playing music together, and that's just how it always feels. Yeah, he's he's not Jay's not wrong about that. Um, so primarily, when it comes to you know you you had mentioned traveling, we do travel together. If there's like an out of state show that we have to make and we're not caravanning together, we will all be there uh, on time. Um, that's that's a big thing to us is you know you you got to be there, you got to be together, you got to be on the same page. It's a group effort. We put in a lot of time at rehearsal, and so when it comes to the show, then we can just step out and give absolutely 110% and give everything to the audience, just like a wrestling event. It's the same exact scenario. You go in, you got your your brothers, you know, you got your brothers' backs, you go out, you give the best you can, and the audience eats it up, and then hopefully along the way, you can make some friends and make some lifetime fans. Awesome. Uh, Scorn is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got 27 minutes here with the, the group here, maybe a little more. Now, I was just kind of curious. Now, uh, for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to Attitude Era Monday, Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, Facebook page, like that. Do a $10 a month donation, Power of the Tower. We'll get you an autograph. Uh, we'll get you qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Now, would you guys want to send us uh, some autographs for giveaways from the band? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, for sure. Now, you guys, yeah. uh, do you guys have a big show coming up, or is that a ways uh, a ways away yet? Before you, you guys uh, have your you... first show back. I'll let Cody answer all the show details <laughs> because I'm a little. Well, it, how it's working out right now is since we're doing this grand return, um, we've we had a lot of success in the past. And so coming back, we want to come back with a bang, you know, as most bands would like to do, and remind them that, hey, even though we haven't been active, we've never left. So currently we are going to book a few other shows outside of state. And we're going to make, you know, start building up our presence uh, in the Midwest again. And hopefully by around maybe September or so, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking lightly because I'm still not sure when that big show is coming up, but hopefully around September, then we will be making our grand return home, so to speak. And uh, it should be a big blast. And we do have at least one big name. I can't, obviously, I can't disclose anything at the moment, but we do uh, have... No, you can tell me I'm going to be there, no problem. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, though, and, and we are super excited about it. You know, we have so much more, just a renewed energy with this lineup, and it, we had so much fun in the past, and, and things just aligned in a way that made it easy for us to step back in the same room and get our creative juices flowing again. So with that being said, yes, the show is coming, and we will have other shows beforehand just to and, get and, up and there. I'll, I'll, and, I will, and, and I will give a little bit of a, a, a hint here that we are um, we will be about a state away from you 
probably here soon once it's completely booked, but we are planning on being in South Dakota sometime in August, hopefully. And then uh, hopefully on your way uh, way back, uh, I know that Ken is listening. I'm waiting for him to come down. Maybe, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But uh, would you guys be willing to come and uh, join uh, join Ken's show in studio? Um, uh, his uh, show is on from midnight till 4 a.m. on Saturday night. So uh, unless you guys are, uh, you know, night owl, well, you guys would have to be night owls, I guess, but unless you like to uh, sleep all day, uh, we'd love to have you come join us for that. And that we can get your name out there even more. Oh yeah, we would be honored to do that. That, that would be pretty uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. I'll be down for that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that, now, that that would be a blast, man. Now when we fans can just, do, we can do that on the way back from South Dakota. That'd be cool. Now when bands do tours. Uh, and then uh, you have the email address that I sent you where you sent the songs. We'll talk about those in a little bit. But if you'd be willing to. Uh, Ken's going to start playing your uh, two songs on his show starting Saturday night. So uh, if you guys would be willing to email him, like, tour dates when you get it, that way uh, he can let people know that you guys are going to be out there and where you're going to be so he can uh, let people know on his show. Because he, he, he reaches all over the place. Uh, absolutely. Now, with fans, um, I, I have an EPK up that I can give to you and that you can give to him. And uh, it'll have all our show dates on it, everything we do. Now, when bands go on tour, they they usually name their they usually name their tours. Like uh, I remember, Cheryl's uh, on the farewell tour. Uh, then she's on the I can't say goodbye tour. Then she's on the I won't go away tour. And uh, now she's on like the Legends tour, whatever it is. Uh, what is the name of your tour? Is it going to be Scorned Again? Oh. Oh, I like that. We, I haven't really put any thought into the name of the tour, but I do like that. That's uh, scorned again, actually. You know, that's a nice little ring, you know, but uh, we, we haven't really put a name on the tour, but it, it might be the scorned again tour. Who knows? I mean, you might have just named the tour. <laughs> now, I know probably some of those shows will have our good friends in fall with us on there. Hope You know, hopefully the whole tour, but at least, you know, some of the shows. Now, uh, you said you guys are going to be uh, performing uh, in Sioux Falls. Do you know what the venue is yet? Not yet. I, um, I've been talking to uh, – there's another band that we're going to be working with, and um, as soon as she gets everything, you know, booked and sorted out and figured out which, you know, venue we're playing at, I'll be able to let everybody know. And then I was wondering, and I'll understand if you guys turn me down for this, but uh, if the icon would want to come and hang out with you guys, you think maybe you can give me a couple tickets? Of course. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we can get yeah. you hooked in there. Of course. Because yeah, I, I know. Because I know, Jace, I, I know, Jay, you warned me about uh, calling you at three in the morning. Uh, I, I, I don't know why it is, but time zones are not my strong suit. I have no idea what time it is in uh, Arkansas. Uh, that's why Granny gets so upset with me. That's why she hasn't sent me any cookies yet, because I wake her up at 6 in the morning. <laughs> Icon, I am on Central Time. I am on Central Time just like you are. And I still can't get it right. It's all alien to me. Uh, yeah, we have the band Scorned as our guest now, and... Uh, we, we're on 89.1 Chance FM, and we got uh, 20 minutes here with uh, the group here. Uh, 
Now, you have a couple uh, songs, uh, Into the Darkness and Another Mistake. I believe those are the two songs you sent us, correct? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to, uh, those are going to be uh, debuting on Ken's show. Uh, who, uh, who came up with the, the songs of the group, uh, or was it a group effort? Did you guys just, like, sit down and start writing, or uh, who came up with the, the well, lyrics I, for the songs? The yeah, way that'd the be process, for the way the writing process, the way the writing process kind of works with us is everybody pretty much writes their own parts with guidance from everybody. You know, there's, um, you know, I, I write the guitar parts, but I listen to everybody else about their suggestions, and you know, vice versa with every other spot. It's yeah, yeah. it's more yeah. of a. Uh, you know, speaking of you know, you know the brotherhood thing and how you know how we how we connect with each other. That is, uh, uh, that's a thing where you know that's that's where we're vibing off of each other. So if you know if somebody you know if Jay's got a riff, you know he might be playing it, and you know and the you know the bass player might pick up on that and start playing something. And I I I as the drummer have been in jam bands uh, for a long time, so. You know, when you're when you're in those kind of things, you know, kind of like wrestling, you know, you know, you know, you pick up on moves, you know, in people's, uh, you know, body language and things of that nature. So when when you start taking cues, uh, you know, you throw in beats, and then I'll throw in some beats, and then naturally Cody is a great lyricist. So uh, you know, Cody's Cody's been one of those, uh, you know, Cody's been one of those, uh, in, you know, integral. Uh, members of the band, you know, uh, you know, he'll hear something and he'll be able to, he'll be, he'll be able to throw some lyrics on it, like almost like that, you know, and, you know, and then we start piecing it together. So we, we vibe, we vibe and work off of each other as far as how songs come together. You know, we've had songs come together in, uh, you know, a few hours or sometimes a few days. Uh, right. But it's all it's all about experience and you know and how long we've been in the profession. Right. So the and song... as far as oh I'm go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to tell you. As far as the lyrics are concerned, um, I always try to uh, deliver something that's going to be universal. So you know, if somebody's had similar experiences, they can latch onto that and if it brings a little bit of comfort to somebody to know that you have other people out there sharing similar thoughts and, and similar emotions at the same time as you, if it gives a little bit of hope to somebody, even if it's something like Into the Darkness, which is, that's a song about, it's, it's really a song about struggling with your mental health and trying to make a comeback while having all of these negative influences in your life. Um, as well as, like, another mistake, because another mistake came from a bad relationship that I had, and uh, it just, it, we, we all got in the room, and we started writing, and, and I heard a riff. Jay started playing a riff, and he was like, man, I've had this riff for a while, and I don't know what to do with it. And so we sat in the jam shed, uh, shed garage, and wrote um, another mistake in about, uh, probably about two hours we had it all together, and Into the Darkness was a band effort, and we just pretty much wrote that one in about an hour, maybe less than that. 
So with the, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious uh, uh, with the song Mayhem, who, uh, which band member rejected the uh, lyric about putting uh, the icon's name in that song? Who rejected that? Jay, huh? did you reject something? <laughs> what? I didn't get this memo. <laughs> I'm not sure I, I got the memo. The most, man. <laughs> I don't think you I know, got I the memo. What, I I think that's the first time I've had, uh, well, I've had that many people go silent at one time. Uh, the last time that happened, uh, well, uh, when I was doing the comedy show was one, and then when I tried to get a date from prom, that was the other time I had, I saw that much silence. But anyway, I thank you. Again. <laughs> so, well, well, I, I'm, I'm just sitting here processing this, uh, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I was like, wait, wait, I didn't get, I didn't get this email. What, what am I missing here? <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, wait a minute, I didn't get this email. Now, when you guys are uh, are getting together and planning out uh, your tour, I've always wanted to know this uh, from a band. When you guys are uh, planning out your tour, uh, do you guys, like, say, okay, we want to go to this place, we want to go to this place, we want to hit this state, we want to hit this city, Uh does that happen, or do you just, like, send out feelers and see who uh, who picks you guys up? Uh, usually, uh, um, and, and I don't know I, what Cody will say about this, but for me, I try to strategically plan it out to, okay, these are the areas we need to target right now. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a fair mix of both. It's really, you know, we we do put out our feelers to see who – is interested in uh, per se hosting us, for lack of a better word. Uh, it's it's really about personality of bands for me uh, personally. If I can connect to a band like on a lyrical or musical level, those are the bands who I want to reach out to the most. And so we do have group discussions. We'll talk about. Uh, where we want to hit first, you know, what would make sense in this travel? Because it's just like doing, you know, like a wrestling tour circuit is you want to, you want to make the most out of it and hit as many cities as you can in a row without having to do a one-off, say like six hours away. You know, you want to kind of keep everything in a straight line or at least a circle um, and start building up your connections from there. But the best method that I've found for booking tours is just going out and meeting people at the shows and playing with as many bands as you could play with. And the next thing you know, you have this giant catalog of anybody. I mean, you never know who's going to be the next band to reach out to you and change the trajectory of your entire career. Yeah, you want to do it some kind of, somewhat strategically because you don't want to be zigzagging, going back and forth to places you had just already gone to to go to another city that you're playing in. And you're just like, well, that made no sense on directions. So you want to somewhat strategically plan it out as, as far as the routes. Now, is there a rule that, uh, like, let's say you book, like, an event, let's just say, like, South Dakota, like say Sioux Falls or whatever it is, just an example. Now, do you guys have like a rule like, okay, we're booking a Sioux Falls so uh, fans from North Dakota can come to here 
fans from Montana can come here, and then do you, like, set it up so that you're not going to, like, have a concert in South Dakota and then uh, turn around and set up a concert in North Dakota or Montana because it's, like, centrally located where you're at? Right. Now, I've ran into that problem before in the past, so that's primarily the way that I like to book. Um, Generally, the rule of thumb for booking something like that is you don't want to play too close in proximity, say, like 30 days out. Like, you can play a show, and a month later you can come back and play another show. But generally, my rule of thumb is – if anybody is going to be traveling a minimum of an hour to get to your show, then you want to keep that uh, as as uh, as focused on that one event, so you get the max that you can out of that. And then what that does is that builds a little bit of hype. So the next time you come back around, say maybe a month or two months or three months later, then you already have a good vibe going around. You have the word of mouth that's traveling. You have um, different media that's been covering it, you know, like this this show, for example. And it's just about building, you know, more contacts. But, yes, that's the general rule of thumb is you want to space it out enough to get the maximum impact. And then you guys also tend to, like, uh, and I'm sure this is obvious, but you also like to go to places where you got, like, such a – a warm reception that we got to go back there without question. Oh yeah, there's um there's oh, yeah. been places that are even just small little places that we play that you know the atmosphere there is just so great because of the people that are there that you want to go back there just to be just to play for those people again. And I don't know yeah, if you guys mean don't this offhand. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, you know. Because those kind of people are, are the kind of people you want to spend, you know, people that just people that connect with, you, you know, uh, we, we like, we, we love connecting with our fans, you know, and, and, you know, when you develop that kind of connection with your fans, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, like, like, you know, like, you know, like wrestling, you know, it, it you know, you make that connection with your fans, you know, they're, they're going to be, you, you, those are going to be the most dedicated people, and those people will, you know, uh, will, will use that word of mouth. You know that they will tell people about it. You know, I mean, you know, when you when you have dedicated fans like that, you want to be able to, you want you want to you want to be able to, to connect with them. You know, and you know, and we love that. You know, that 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 that's something that's 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 true to our nature. I mean, we love connecting with our fans. Uh, the band Scorners, I guess, here we got nine minutes here. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. My next question for you guys is when you're out on tour, and do you like to set it up so that you are, like, on the road for, like, uh, maybe, like, a week or two weeks and then go back home, or do you like to, uh, like, be away from home for, like, a whole month and come back, take a couple weeks off, and then go back out on the road? What kind of – what goes into the scheduling when you determine that? Generally, the 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 most fun way to do it um, would be ideal to do like a week run, maybe a two week run. Um, but currently, you know, because because this depends on a lot of things. 
your your support, your tour, tour support. You have to make sure that their schedule is clear as well. So if we're clear to go out for a month, then I would gladly go out for a month and not even think about going back home um, at that time. I, I absolutely love touring. I think the rest of the guys do too. I think I can speak for them when, when I say that. Like touring is a blast because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know. The yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter play. whether it's two weeks or two months or, you know, two years. I love touring. And then do you guys have, like, uh, I'm guessing you guys have, like, a nice big tour bus that you guys go out on? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and well, you guys well, don't have, we already take donations, though, so if you want to donate a bus to us, we'd <laughs> gladly take one. I was about to say, if there's a buzz, someone's been hoeing down on me for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't know about it. So, so, so basically, uh, Jay uh, has the bus, and he uh, he drives around and doesn't tell you about it. You guys have to take your own cars. <laughs> That's right. right. We've, been getting, we've been getting skimped <laughs> for a while. <laughs> what, what's going Jay, on in here? Jay just leaving us behind. He's yeah, like, we've yeah. got it. Well, currently, right now, our uh, our our tour bus is the U-Haul Special. Oh, you get your best around the U-Haul. You get around the U-Haul. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, you know, like generally, uh, it's just like if we have a small trailer available, like one of ours. That's that's pretty much. It's going to be four of us in a jeep traveling down the road with a little trailer behind us, uh, you know, but if we, if we run into uh, an emergency, then yeah, U-Haul is definitely our backup plan. So, so let me but ask you this, guys. Any, Go ahead, sorry. Uh, so I was just going to say either, either way, however we do it, you know, we, we, we make sure we put in that dedication to get where we, where we need to go. So with that being said, then, for those of you who, uh, you know, see all your fans and see and they're like, man, those guys must be, like, chilling it on the road. I mean, they must be having a party bus with uh, with groupies, and uh, they're jamming all the way to the next town. That's never not really the case, is it? No, it's unfortunately a lot like you would, you would recognize in wrestling. We're all just struggling regular guys, you know, wrestling, like wrestling, independent wrestling, Music don't pay that much these these days. Yeah, well, no, it's kind it's of fun. So it's not like uh, so it's not like a big jam party bus. It's more like that uh, scene from Home Alone one where uh, John Candy and the whole band is in the back of U-Haul. They're going to Chicago to drop her off to see her kid. Yeah, yeah right. essentially. <laughs> As they said too, it's like yeah, you won't make a lot of money doing this stuff. Like there, there's sometimes you can make it big. But it's you do it for the passion of what you love. Like for me, if I could, if I could make any sort of money wrestling, I'd be doing it full time. I don't care the amount of toll it takes on my body. I don't care what it does to me in the future. I've had 14 concussions in the ring, and I still keep going. And I've got two busted knees. My back is is messed up. My whole body is just screwed for the rest of my life. And I would do it each and every day, each and every night if I could, because when, as uh, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen put it, he goes, you could, be, you could be dead as a doornail when you get to that show, and when you're there, you're just like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to whatever. But the second 
that that guitar string gets plucked or that bell gets rang, you you go out there and that crowd keeps you alive for that entire time, that entire performance, that entire match, entire concert, yada, yada, yada. And then when you go to the back, you're dead again because they kept you alive, but you still do it for the passion of the business, and oh, it's something oh. you absolutely love to do. Oh, dude, you could be in the worst mood ever, and the minute you step on that stage and you see the crowd, it all goes away. Absolutely. Exactly. Like, I could be I could be having the worst day of my life, but the second I hear that bell, I hear my music, I hear that crowd go berserk. It's like everything just washes away for the good 15, 20 minutes. I'm in that ring, and then the second I go to the back, it starts to sink in a little bit along with my adrenaline, but it's just, it's just, it's a drug. It's a high that you get when you're out there in front of that crowd. And I would, if I could take that every single night, I would in a heartbeat. Uh, the band scorns, I guess you're on 89.1 Kids FM. We've got about the three minutes here left with the boys. Uh, so we can do this here. So don't forget if our fans want to check you out, see if you got a Facebook an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? We got them all. We got them all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you so got it, we can find us on it. Yeah. Oh, so we get uh, just type up scorned. Yes, sir. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, on our Instagram tag, our Instagram tag is the only one I, I believe that's different. And you can find us at scorned four seven nine on Instagram. And uh, do you guys have do you guys have a plan to have a uh, album released coming out? Or is it just going to be uh, singles on, uh, like, Spotify? It's Currently, in the, uh, um, it's in the mixing and mastering process. Yes. So currently what we're doing is we're going ahead and, and releasing singles one at a time. Um, and then hopefully by the time it's all finished, then we can do a full album release. And uh, here's what I'd like to do for you guys. Uh, like I say, Ken likes to debut new music, and uh, when your songs come available, if you could email them to him, uh, of course, you know, he'll, he'll check to make sure that the lyrics are uh, appropriate for the station, but uh, he, will, uh, he will play you guys uh, on his show and uh, let, uh, send you guys your information out to the masses. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you know what they say, if you're friends with the icon, he will put you over or help, he'll help get you over, you know. We, we'd be honored to oh. be played. That would be absolutely wonderful. If it's for the fans, you never change your plans. There you go. And uh, when you guys, uh, when you guys are uh, close to South Dakota, if it's uh, uh, either on your way there or on the way back, uh, we'll work on uh, get you guys in studio here on his show on a Saturday uh, Saturday night from midnight to four. That would be great. That would be awesome. Yeah, we would be honored. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys, you guys have been so awesome, and I, I'll tell you what, uh, you, this is not going to be the last time uh, listeners of 89.1 Ken's FM hears about the band score, and we're going to have you on our show again. We'll have you on his show again. And uh, we're going to, uh, he'll start playing your music. Uh, so we'll get you guys out there and uh, be listening to his show on Saturday night, 89.1 KenZFM.com, and you guys can hear your songs being played. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys. Awesome. All right.
All right, the band Scorn, ladies and gentlemen. What a great group. Uh, what do you think, Matthias? They were pretty good, huh? Yeah, like I said, it's, it's I could tell that they've got a passion for, for what they do. Like I said, if with me and pro wrestling, it's an absolute passion. And I could tell that it's 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 very similar to what they like to do. And we got about uh, three minutes here. we got a big show coming up next week, as always. I know everybody's like, well, yeah, I can understand it every week. But it, it's true, we do. Uh, and uh, if you want to find out who we got coming on next week, you have to go to our Facebook page, Add to the Era, Monday Live Monday, to find out exactly who we have on. And uh, I will say this, uh, it's going to be, uh, I'll give a little hint, it's going to be an all-female guest show next week, and uh, there's going to be uh, a few actresses, there's going to be a director, and a writer, and some other things, so... Uh, make sure you stick with us, and I'm sure that Granny will be here with us next week as well. I'm planning on it. All right. Oh, so I'll tell you what, you know, I uh, I always uh, don't like this part of the show when we have to say, uh, you know, you know, like I always say, it's not goodbye, it's just goodnight, but I just wish that uh, we... Um, we uh, could uh, stay with everybody uh, longer than we are, but uh, it is what it is. So uh, with that being said, everybody, uh, you know, join us next week. Uh, be listening to uh, all our shows that are on 89.1 Ken's FM. You go to 89, uh, if you go to com, you'll find a complete list of shows that uh, will be airing when they are. All that, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask Ken to get me a list, and I'm going to let everybody know when uh, when to tune in. Uh, and remember, always make sure you tune in on Monday nights, 89.1 Ken's FM from 9 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Central. We're here every week, and we want to thank 89.1 Ken's FM and our namesake, Ken Bartz, uh, the master of Bartz Engineering. He is our local MacGyver here, ladies and gentlemen. There ain't nothing that he can't fix. Uh, when it comes to radio. So with that being said, uh, join us next week. Love each other, care for each other, and be safe. And as always, remember, it's not goodbye. It's just goodnight. We'll see you all next week. Join us then, and we will see you at that time. You think you know me?